And so I would say like kind of listen to your gut, maybe not let outsiders always tell you and that it's okay to reroute. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. This is Marcy Bullock, the creator of a podcast which helps college students who are seeking a fulfilling, healthy, and successful work and personal life. This season, we are focusing on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be. Enjoy. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Today, Nicole Jakes is here from DC. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Marcy. It's so great to see you again. You were in my class back in, oh gosh, before the pandemic, we always say a pandemic ago, <laughs> um, 2018, studying political science, and now you have moved out of North Carolina to an exciting city. So share with our listeners a little bit about your journey, what you first wanted to be when you grew up, um, who you were, who you are, and who you will be. When I first wanted to grow up, I really saw myself being an attorney, like a lot of kids, I think. And when I was in undergrad, that's all I really saw for myself. And I was in the weeds of applying to law schools and taking the LSAT, like junior and senior year, and talking to professors and getting my recommendations. However, I am now not an attorney. <laughs> um, I actually am an analyst for a nonprofit and really excited about that. And I appreciate my work and love my work. And I think I will be just um, continuing to be happy and successful in whatever I plan to do, whether that means changing what I want to do again or continuing on the route I currently am. Thank you for that intro, Nicole. I want to dive into a little bit of what transitioned for you with this new direction, because I often talk to students about parallel plans, especially if you don't get into the grad school you want or you find out you didn't like it. So what happened for you? So I did get into, I think it was three law schools. And I ended up going to one in Massachusetts. And I just, after my first semester, I could not stand it. However, I did make my best friend in law school. So, you know, can't hate it too much. But I kind of figured I wanted to like leave. My parents convinced me to stay the full year. So I did. And then after that, I did end up leaving. It just wasn't the right path for me. I even had some professors like talk to me about, because I always wanted to be in the nonprofit field. And they kind of told me like, this might not be the right area for you. And so I would say like kind of listen to your gut, maybe not let outsiders always tell you and that it's okay to reroute. And since that was always what I saw for myself, my first year after I left law school was really hard for me to like figure out what I want to do. And I had a really good, I was lucky to have a good like family and friends support system. I know not everyone has that, but I did eventually figure out that I wanted to go to grad school because I felt like I wasn't done yet with school. I love learning, I think. And well, I mastered in nonprofits. And I really found out I loved doing that. And I knew that all along. I think I just didn't know my route to get there. And so honestly, I might recommend someone like if you can, like take a year off and like dabble your feet into like a job before you like jump in, spend like taking out loans or spending all the money that you have to on like a graduate program. Because that's something I wish I would have done. Um, that, that's really good advice, Nicole, because that gap year, if you're not sure about your direction, can give you a little bit of time for clarity. 
And it sounds like you started really listening to what feeds your soul and you Mm -hmm. found something that makes you happy because you weren't happy. And so how do you just stick it out? I mean, this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is like your real life. So you found this new direction with your political science major that you didn't probably even know existed maybe when you Mm -hmm. were an undergrad. So what advice do you have for people who might be in the liberal arts? They grew up like you did going, oh, maybe I should go to law school because that's like more education and I'll get a good job. I definitely think if you think you know what you want to do, talk to people in that field. And I know that's something I learned in your class a lot too, is like, it's part of networking. You're going to career fairs. So even if like, say you don't get an internship in that job or whatever, at least talk to people. And that's something I did a lot in grad school was like reach out to other alumni that went to SU State or to my grad school um, and just talk to them and see, oh, is that what I want to do? What are the pros? What are the cons? until I actually found like the job I ended up wanting to apply to. And especially I knew I wanted to relocate to because um, I was in Connecticut. That's where my parents are. And so I was able to talk to people in DC. And I think that's really important because then you get to learn, especially inside perspective. And then I think you like, you know, you can just take their advice of, Oh yeah, that sounds nice or it doesn't sound nice. And kind of piece yourself together with that information. Very true. And as you described your journey, and I know you said, you know, the parents were like, stick it out. And you met a great (laughs) friend and you don't regret anything. I feel like that whole journey is really part of learning who you are. Sometimes you have to try Mm -hmm. things that don't fit. And now you found something that does fit. So share a little bit about what it's like to work as an analyst for a nonprofit. What is a typical day? So I work with a lot of data. And that's something I wasn't expecting to do, but I actually really enjoy it. (laughs) So, and something I was really scared to dip into because it's all Excel and Microsoft Access and Tableau. And I have only had experience that like in school, which is completely different when you're working with it. But so we get my nonprofit, we work right under the FCC and we get internet access to specifically rural areas and tribal areas. So places that don't have access or have very limited access across the country. And that includes like U.S. territories. And I work with the data and funding side. And so day to day, it's just me. I manage three funds now. I just got a third one under my belt um, come the new year. And I manage those three funds. And every month we actually just finalize our reports today. We have to like go through the FCC channels along with some other channels and get approved funding. And we're kind of like the middle person between the FCC and the ca- the average carrier. And carriers can be like mom and pop shops, but also like Verizon and Xfinity or Time Warner, like things like that. Well, that is interesting. You're working with data, didn't think that would be something you wanted yeah. to do or would enjoy. And yeah. now you do enjoy it. What is the bottom line purpose that you have in this job? Like what difference does it make? I think especially now with COVID, you need internet. It is like a necessity. And it's almost like, I don't know, uh, you kind of want to think of it now as like a humanitarian right. It's almost like a necessity in that sense at this point, because, and that's another one of our missions is we have a section of schools and libraries, and we also have rural healthcare. And it started off with just like a telephone line. And it's to make sure we have that internet access for Things like now telehealth and doctor's appointments or education when, you know, schools are being shut down because of COVID outbreaks. And even then you also, even 
like when COVID isn't around, you need internet to access anything for education really nowadays. So that to me, that's being like super helpful, especially knowing it's going to places specifically that like wouldn't have it otherwise. You explain that so well, Nicole. It's like Wi-Fi, food, and water. And literally, I feel like this generation of students feels like Wi-Fi is the most important need. (laughs) And here you are going out into these communities where they didn't have it. And you're right, during Mm -hmm. COVID, we just assumed, oh, everyone plug in at home and have your doctor's appointment, but not everyone could do that or to go to classes. And so this really did make it challenging for underserved populations. So I'm very happy to hear that you're able to do that. You said you work in a hybrid atmosphere. Share with our listeners what that's like, because that kind of job probably didn't exist before 2020. Yeah. So for my understanding, because I started my position during COVID, they were fully in office. And then when I first started, we were fully remote. Um, so that was fun having to train um, fully remote and different for me. And we started actually in April, it would be exactly a year we started hybrid. So I go in two days a week. And I work in downtown DC, so I'm a fun commuter. <laughs> um, and it's, I actually really appreciate it. I know some people are super against the hybrid work model and they either want to be all in or all out. Um, I think it gives me a nice work life balance because for me, I know we have our scheduled, um, we were able to pick. Thankfully, I have a really good team that we were allowed to pick when like my director or my manager assigned us which days. So I go in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And so I know unless I change it and ask for it to be changed that like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I can go in, I can sit there, I can focus. It also, since I was relocating to the area, I got to like meet one of my really good friends now is one of my coworkers. And like she and I got to meet in person and mingle. And it gives me that socialization um, twice a week and getting more things done. Whereas when I work from home, like I can be more relaxed and, you know, if I want to make a doctor's appointment on my lunch, I can do that. Or if I, you know, just want to step out for a walk, I can do that, um, stuff like that. So I, I really like hybrid. Yeah, it sounds perfect for you. Like you're not just lonely at home, which I know some people who are completely virtual feel a little bit isolated. And there's a lot of conversations you have with coworkers that are kind of serendipitous that are part of working together as a team that you trust that you get a chance to have. So that sounds like an ideal situation. And today you look like you're from home. How do you actually balance everything? Like if you're at home, how do you turn everything off at a certain time? Um, I am a morning person. So I try to like set a deadline for myself that I get everything done by my lunch. And then if it's not like, cause then after my lunch, I'm like, okay, well, I just want to make sure I'm like keeping up with any emails. And if something pressing comes in, obviously like I'll do it. But if not, then it's like, okay, like kind of wax work. Like I can just like do this as I go and like, sure, I can have like the TV on in the background or like whatever. But if it's something I need to concentrate on, I'm just kind of like, okay, like I'm doing this as soon as I log on and like get it all out of the way and send it to my supervisor for review and it's done. So that's kind of how I do it. Yeah. I don't know if everyone else could like time manage that way, but that's how I do (laughs) it. I like it. And you moved to a pretty high cost of living city. And remember in my class, we did budgets um, and we kind of like predicted what our expenses would be. Any tips for trying to make it? Do you have to have a roommate or what? Um, Personally, I couldn't do a roommate just because I know myself. I would say definitely budget when you can. However, like don't limit yourself in regards to like 
for me, I know like this is my, like, I don't have anything holding me down right now. This is my time to travel. So I've been taking advantage of that. And like, also look for, if you have to, like my commute is longer. I moved further out so I could have a nicer apartment for cheaper. And I just have a, a long commute. And I think that's okay. Like you don't need to be in the grips of the city to experience it. And I think that's okay. And you should look for that. And so like, I know I mentioned to you, I live in Nova, even though I commute to like, I work in Penn Quarter, which is like the hustle and bustle of DC. And so my commute on the metro is about 40 minutes, but twice a week, like that's not horrible. The trains aren't bad here. So I would just definitely like look into that because where I was living before in Alexandria, which is still technically Nova, but closer, it was more than what I currently pay now for a much smaller place. So I would just look into things like that, see what you can do. And yes, if a roommate is meant for you, then do it. I also would make sure you are asking for what you're worth when you are interviewing. Ooh, I'm going to dive into that really quick because it's nice to know you're working in a nonprofit. You can afford to live in, a, you know, not like you said, downtown, but you commute in. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to go to corporate America to be able to do that. So did you advocate for yourself and negotiate your salary? I actually got really lucky that the first, like the recruiter that I spoke to, I definitely like semi lowballed myself. And she was like, oh, no, honey, you need to ask for this. And so I think she changed it for like what I asked for. I shouldn't say this on, on this, but I am. <laughs> Um, and so, and I've been really lucky too, that like, I, you know, I work for a really good employer as well. And I have been fortunate enough that like, they do regular promotions and raises and things like that. However, I will say there was actually, I was, I got about three or four interviews at the same time that I interviewed for this position and a different job that I interviewed, I think like it was definitely within the same week, like a day or two before this. It was like half of the salary of what this one was. And I ended up not getting that one. But in my head, I wanted that one more. And I always look back and I'm like, there's like a reason that didn't happen because I'm making twice as much as what I would have made at that position. And I would not have made it here. Like salary wise, I would not have made it. So I'm very lucky that that happened to me. And like there's and it's just, there's always a reason why things happen. I think that's really important to look at um, when you get rejections or when you reroute in life, like there's always a reason for it. And so like, don't get you down on it. I love yeah. that term rerouting. Cause like you said, you thought I'm going to be attorney. Now you're doing this. And this was the route you were meant to go, but you had to try the other one. And like you said, you just have to advocate for yourself and yes. know your worth. So do your research and understand that it doesn't hurt at all to ask the employer. And now there's a yeah. lot more transparency with salaries happening versus this very mysterious, oh, well, I have no idea how much mm -hmm. I'll make at that company. Well, we're mm -hmm. at our last question, and that's going to be if you could share any advice that you wish you would have known as your younger self starting at NC State, what would you share? That's a hard one. I actually like similarly to what we were just talking about, I think it's like, don't hesitate to ask. And that's what my dad always says is like, the worst you have to ask, the worst they could do is say no. And my dad has always told me that. And as I get older, I've gotten more comfortable with that. I think anxiety has always gotten the best of me. But I think that really applies to like anything in life. 
but especially like with your career and that goes for when you're going for the job and when you are in the job too because like people are always willing to help and it will only like further you and it'll only make yourself worth more both to your employer and your team and to yourself so i think just if you have a question ask and people are likely going to say yes and help you 